This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hi, everyone. Show creator Chris Cayella here. Before the season three finale begins, just a quick note of gratitude to all of you who are listening to the show. Your commitment, enthusiasm, and support for Dirt have meant the world to me and everyone who's involved with the show. Truly, thank you for listening. This is the final episode of Season 3, but don't worry, there will be a Season 4 to wrap it all up. There's no timetable yet for Season 4, but you can visit DirtAudioDrama.com or follow Dirt on Twitter or Threads to get updates. Lastly, if you love Dirt, it would be awesome if you give it a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those ratings really are great to get. Okay, on with the show. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705. Chapter 21 Antonia! Joseph! What are you doing over there? Whoa! Why do you have your gun out? Did you hear the coyote? Yeah! Sounded like it was close. Yeah, it was close. It walked right into our campsite. Huh. I guess that explains why you're hiding behind a tree. I didn't think coyotes liked being that close to people. They're pretty easy to scare away on the farm. This one was persistent. (sighs) But then a moment later, someone else wandered into the campsite. What? Just after I heard you open the bathroom door. Did he have a beard? Yeah. And a hat? Like the kind Sean Connery wears? What kind of a hat does Sean Connery wear? You know, those Scottish hats. Like... Plaid with a short bill? His character always had one on in The Untouchables. Yeah, it kind of looked like that. Do you know him? No. At least, I don't think so. But there's an RV parked several sites away from us. Over by the bathroom. It must have pulled in and parked after we got here. Without us noticing it. Okay. Antonia, it's the same RV that I saw in Wilson Creek just yesterday. You know for sure? Yeah. The license plate is the same and everything. And it's registered to Hardson Rotors. <gasps> Crap. And now it's leaving. I should go stop it. Wait. What? So the coyote ran off as soon as the guy walked into our campsite. Okay. But I stayed right here and watched. He must not have known that I was here with you in hiding. Why? Because I saw him grab something from under your car and then quickly replace it with something just like it. What? And then he looked in the backseat of your car and opened the door and took out the detector. (sighs) 
What did he do with it? Did he take it? No. He just looked it over and kind of smiled, and then put it back in the car. It's still here. Antonia, we need to follow the coyote. What? Joseph, we could still go confront the RV driver. Yeah, but... Don't you want to know who he is? Of course I do. But we need to follow the coyote. Look, last week, when I stopped at Cumberland to find the third box, I was out in the woods when the batteries went dead. Wait, the batteries that I gave you? I just bought those at Costco. No, no. The old batteries. I accidentally left your batteries in the car. I didn't know what to do when it happened. But then... I know this is going to sound weird. But a coyote led me to the spot where the treasure box was. You don't have to believe me. I just know we have to... I believe you. I mean, it's on par with everything else this past week. Yeah. So, we're just gonna follow it around? Well, with the detector. The detector that talks to you? Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's go get everything we need. There's a flashlight there on the console. Would you mind grabbing it? Sure. We should put the fire out, just in case. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Okay. (laughs) Whoa. Did you learn that from your dad? (sighs) Sounds like it's coming from that direction. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Here we go. I switch on my headlamp, and Antonia carries the flashlight. It's fully dark now, and overcast. Without the light of the moon or a nearby city, it's hard to see anything except for whatever our lights shine on. Oop. Watch out for that branch. And there's no trail where we're walking. Just leaves and brown needles and grassy plants as ground cover beneath twisted and weathered-looking tall trees. Doesn't it seem like Ima was leaving a lot to chance? if a coyote has to lead you to the boxes. So you're saying the coyote was sent by Imo? I'm not saying anything. But it makes about as much sense as anything else. Actually, getting to this point involved figuring out a lot of stuff. Studying silent home movies, reading stories, 
Even some artificial intelligence. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, here we are, getting lost in the woods. <laughs> Fair point. Did we lose it? I don't know. Okay, this is gonna get even weirder. Okay. Which direction should we walk in to find the treasure box? How about this way? No change. That's odd. Who are you talking to? Hang on. What compass direction should we walk in to find the treasure box? Why is it not answering? Maybe it's malfunctioning. I mean, the old guy back at the campsite did handle it. But you said he only looked at it, right? Did he open it up or anything like that? No. Nothing like that. Hmm. Maybe whistle again. Doesn't seem like your coyote friend stuck around. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. If we bushwhack back the way we came, we should eventually walk into the campground again. Or at least wind up at the trail that heads to the beach from the campground. And then we can walk back to the camp from there. Joseph? Yeah? Whoa. I look in the direction Antonia is shining her flashlight. Is that? <sighs> About 30 feet away, standing there among the tall grasses and plants, is a gray wooden pole, maybe 10 feet tall. <sighs> and carved into the wood near the top of the pole is a Nordic-looking face with long, Flowing hair. Lemonkainen. Lemon. What? I aim my headlamp down near the base of the wooden pole, and I can see that the pole is actually set within a large round object that's nearly flush with the ground. Huh. When I get closer, I realize that the large round object is actually what's left of a very, very wide tree stump, cut low and flat. Probably with a chainsaw. <laughs> it's Lemonkainen. What does that mean? I think it means... that we're right where we should be. Please, just don't fall down into anything. 
Yes. Found another box. It looks like there are some letters carved into the wood pole. Oh, yeah? What do they say? W O E. <laughs> All capital letters with periods after each letter. Yeah, that sounds like my dad. Walter Omar Elo. He was named after people on both sides of my grandparents' families. It was always kind of a joke that his initials were whoa. Maybe he knew all about this too then. Hmm, yeah. Maybe. Here. Have a look. This time it's a silver dollar. From... Wow. 1884. Huh. You've got quite a collection now. <sighs> yeah. Any idea how much they're worth? I have a rough idea, yeah. Congratulations, Joey. You've found another one. You're getting closer to the end. To the end? Sounds so ominous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, of course, there's a capital letter H this time. Isn't that the letter in the note from Maryhill, too? Yeah. Good memory. Okay, it's getting cold now that we're just standing here. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back. Hey, how about I get a quick picture of you next to Lemminkainen? I still don't know what that is, but sure. He's kind of like a Finnish folklore hero. From the old days. Okay. That's good. Actually, a little to your left. Okay, great. Say, Kalevala. Kaleva... Wait, what? Awesome. Okay. I think we should head <gasps> over... Oh! <gasps> Antonia? Holy crap. Antonia? Antonia! What? Where? Boo! Ah! Ah! Oh! <laughs> Got you! Oh. <laughs> Antonia! <laughs> Dude! That was not funny. Oh, come on. It seemed too perfect not to. Oh, jeez. <sighs> oh, okay. Let's head back and build another fire. As long as creepy RV dude is still gone. And then you can tell me about this lemon kite man thing. 
<laughs> Whew. Okay. It really wasn't that funny, though. <laughs> it wasn't. Huh? Eh, maybe it was. <laughs> Despite it being a chilly night, Antonia and I stay up late talking more about our families, the things we've done in our lives, my previous relationships, what each of us do for fun, why I was talking to the detector and expecting it to answer me, Lemminkainen and the Kalevala, what it takes to run a farm and a digital agency, Antonia's nieces and nephews, and, of course, as we eat our grocery store sandwiches, Maria's amazing cooking. We also removed the device that was placed under my car. It's easy to tell that it's a tracking device of some kind. We open it up and remove the small battery. And sure enough, stamped on the inside of the tracking device's plastic housing, we see the words Hartson Rotors Incorporated an R.A. Hastings company. I also sent an email to Ingrid at Molecular from my phone with neither a yes or no response. Instead, I counter with several questions about specific items within the offer. Items that I'm not particularly picky about, but that I know will buy me a little more time as she or her people research the answers. When we're finally tired, I go to set up both tents. But at Antonia's suggestion, I end up putting one of them back in the car. In the morning, I realized that for the first time since I received Imo's letter in the mail a few weeks ago, I didn't have a strange dream. Not long after we arrived back at my house in Seattle, Antonia departs for Wapato. Our goodbye is awkward in that should we make a big deal out of this or not kind of way. We'll likely see each other soon anyway as the sixth and final clue in the places I've been will take me east again, this time to the Palouse, an area of rolling farmland east of Wapato and south of Spokane. I place the contents of the Oyhut box in my safe, along with all the other items already in there. Then I put the box on the shelf in my garage, labeled with a sticky note that says, Oyat. Okay, that's five down. I know Kim is booked up with routine meetings on Wednesday mornings, so instead of calling, I just send her a text that reads, Antonia and I are good again. Still need to connect with Salvador. 
Hoping to do that later this week, if he's willing. Oh, I also found the Oihut box. Call when you can if you want details. Okay. I then add more notes to my ongoing journal about what's been happening over the past week. I write that I now have five boxes and that the fifth box contained a silver dollar and that the note had another capital letter H in it. Another repeat letter. Hmm. I also jot down what I learned from Antonia, that Marlon Mason has supplied tech gadgets to Flores Farms for years, and that Marlon and Salvador have known each other since childhood. That's crazy. I also add that it was the land trust that reached out to Salvador about selling the property, and not the other way around according to Antonia, and that Salvador is considering the offer, but moving cautiously. I also note that the RV that is registered to Hearts and Rotors, Marlon Mason's company, was present at the same empty campground that we were at. And based on Antonia's account of what she saw, it was driven by the same older guy that I bumped into in Wilson Creek. And then after the RV left, Antonia and I discovered a tracking device attached to the underside of my car that the older guy had placed there just after he removed a different one from the same spot. So, tracking devices and drones. It's starting to feel like invasion of privacy. Maybe somebody really wants these coins. And finally, I write down that for the second time in less than a week, a coyote was involved in helping me find a treasure box, and that a coyote was also present in Wapato when I was up by the tractor in the middle of the night. Oh. And when we were at Oihut, for the first time, the detector didn't answer a question that I asked it. Maybe it didn't answer because we were already at the right spot. Or because Antonia was there. Kind of like the singing frog from the Looney Tunes cartoon. Hey, I was just thinking about you. Hey. So you either miss me or you forgot something. Mm, mostly the second part. <laughs> What's up? Uh, how much do you know about drones? How much do you know about drones? Hmm. Uh, not a lot. Why? I can't believe I didn't think of this until now. But most drones record their video on a micro SD card. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So if the SD card is still in the drone that you have, you might be able to see what's, what's on, on it. it. Whoa. I didn't even think about that. I'll go check right now. Putting you on speaker again. Where are you at in your drive? 
going over Snoqualmie Pass. Oh. There's some new snow higher up in the peaks. Nice. Okay. Is the SD card in an obvious spot? If it's the same as our prototype, it'll be right on the side of the main body, near the back rotor arm. Ah, yep. There it is. Hmm. What? It's just weird that it's still in here. Why wouldn't it have been removed when the sticker was removed? Hmm. Good question. You still there? Yeah. Just thinking. I mean, technically this isn't my property. One might even reason that I stole it. I'm just not sure I have the right to see what's on here. I mean, one could reason you were being followed and filmed without your consent. <laughs> yeah. It's up to you, obviously. I'm just sorry I didn't think of it sooner. <sighs> no. This is amazing. Thank you. Uh, how about I give you a call after I check it out? Call me back. You mean like last time? <laughs> Different this time. Just drive safely. And I'll give you a call soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, this all feels a little familiar. Okay. Let's see what's saved on here. I see right away that there are three folders, simply named Hartson 100. Hartson 101, and Hartson 102. I open Hartson 102 first. Hmm. Inside the folder are two large video files. Let's try the first one. Wow. Unlike the traffic cam footage, which is grainy and blurry, the drone video footage is extremely clear and professional looking, like something you'd see in a movie. The video opens with footage of what appears to be a convenience store or gas station parking lot. After a few seconds, the drone rises straight into the sky, with the camera revealing a wide-angle view of the surroundings. And it doesn't take me long to realize I'm looking at Biggs, the tiny town on the Columbia River across the bridge from Maryhill. The camera then pans cinematically as the drone smoothly positions itself above the bridge and starts to track at the same speed as the northbound car traffic below. As it does, it slowly zooms in on one vehicle in particular, <laughs> which I quickly realize is my car. I advance the video forward 30 seconds at a time. Soon I see my car turn into Maryhill State Park and then stop in the parking lot. I can see Antonia's white truck there. Huh. We look so tiny from up here. 
And then I see us both get out of our vehicles and start to talk to each other. And then start to walk on the grass near the river. Whoop. Whoa. The drone then suddenly and swiftly crosses back over the river and hovers over the parking lot where it started its flight. I can see its operator coming into view as the drone starts to land. Hello, Marlin. Once it's on the pavement, the video ends. Hmm. All right. The second video in the folder begins on the ground in a grassy field with trees in the distance. After a few seconds, the drone again rises swiftly, revealing picnic shelters and other structures in and around Maryhill, as well as the wide Columbia River beyond them, and my car in the parking lot. Whoa. The drone then moves up and over some orchards and vineyards, and then up along a rocky brown hillside, eventually settling in the sky high above the left side of the cemetery, away from where Antonia's truck is parked. Soon I can see myself on the phone with Mel, while Antonia wanders around among the gravestones. A few moments later she quickly walks to her truck, and I can see her getting her rifle from behind the seat, and a moment later, haha, the screen goes totally dark. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay, what other videos are on here? I open the Hearts and 101 folder next. There's only one video file in it. Oh, well, we're not in bigs anymore. This video starts on what appears to be a rooftop of a building in a city, maybe six floors high, on a rainy day. I think I know what this is. After a few seconds, the drone rises and begins to slowly move over a bustling crowd that is walking on the sidewalks below. The camera zooms in slightly. Oh, there you are. And it doesn't take long for me to spot Becky and her red headphones walking among the lunchtime crowd. And then I see myself in my beard, mustache, and eyebrows walking 40 or so feet ahead of her. The camera basically stays fixed on me as the drone moves forward, matching my walking pace. After a few blocks, I see myself walk into the noodle shop. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, Mel. When I do, the drone stops moving and hovers in place. I skip ahead 30 seconds at a time until I see myself walking out of the shop. And then the drone continues moving forward at my pace towards the crosswalk. After a minute or so, it stops moving again. I see all the familiar things, only from a higher vantage and in crisp, high definition. Huh, it did turn to walk, right as I stepped into the street. The guy in the blue jacket, standing near someone, who even in HD footage looks just like Mel, runs over to help me. Then I see myself walking away quickly up the street, towards Roasted. After about a minute, the drone slowly descends to the street, and I see the tall figure of Marlon Mason coming into the frame as it lands. Hmm. Yep. He looks over his shoulder as if talking to someone and gives a thumbs up. And then the screen goes dark. Well, at least I've seen it for myself now. Okay, Hartson 100. 
What do you have for me to see? There's only one video in this folder, too. Hmm. What? This video opens on a close-up shot of a cardboard sign that has a handwritten message on it. What does that say? For the bedfellows. <laughs> what? Beneath the words are squiggly hand drawings of a violin, an accordion, a banjo, and a guitar. Huh. Well, this should be interesting. The camera zooms upward, revealing the same rooftop and outdoor scene as the previous video. Hmm. The crowd is walking down both sidewalks of Westlake Avenue as before, and the drone begins to track along at a walking pace, hovering at a safe distance overhead. Wait. Only this time, there are no red headphones. And I don't see myself anywhere in the crowd. Huh. Oh. I notice that the street is dry and the sky is partly sunny. The camera continues for a few minutes until it gets to an intersection where the drone stops and hovers briefly. And then it continues at a walking pace to the next intersection where it again stops and hovers briefly. It then moves on to the intersection where the crosswalk incident occurred. And here the drone pauses overhead for more than a minute. Cars come and go in both directions on the street below. And knowing it well by now, I see the old Datsun pass beneath the drone. Only this time it isn't speeding or screeching to a halt. It casually drives with other cars through the intersection and soon exits the camera frame. Hmm. The drone then slowly begins to descend, and as it does, the faces of the people in the crowd become clearer. The drone continues to descend and moves slightly to the side of the street until it hovers about 15 feet above one small group in particular. Hmm. Who do we have here? I count four people with their backs turned to the camera. One of them is talking on their phone. The person on the phone then suddenly turns and looks up at the camera with a smile and waves. You're kidding. The other three people do the same. What? Come on. I right click on the video file in the folder to check its file properties. Created on October 22nd. That was the Thursday before the weekend that I went down to Santa Monica. Four days before, I almost got clobbered in the crosswalk. They did a dress rehearsal. On my phone, I pull up the photo of the old picture of the bedfellows that I took in Wilson Creek. I zoom in on the face of Imo and then Ernesto. Then I zoom in and take a closer look at the two other men in the picture. Who are you guys?
is finishing this treasure hunt going to be good or bad for me? Why? E. Yes? <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? What are you? I heard you still haven't officially accepted with Molecular. <laughs> no, not yet. I had some follow-up questions for them. Are you trying to make people miserable or mad at you? Oh, I'm definitely not. But I didn't invite you to lunch to talk about that. Oh? What? I don't like that look on your face. I have something on my phone I want to show you. Okay. Anything to say? Mel. That's you. Right there at the end. Waving at the camera. You obviously forgot to remove the SD card from the drone when you removed the sticker. Marlin would know or ask you to take the card out before anything else. Maybe you got distracted or forgot or ran out of time. You're really not going to say anything? I was supposed to go for a walk that day, wasn't I? It was all set up, and you played me perfectly. And look, I'm not mad that you lied to me about not being at the crosswalk. I'm sure you had a good reason. I didn't lie to you. Okay, fine. You lied to the detectives. Is it any different? I was in the office the whole time you went for the walk. Everyone was just expecting to see someone who looked like me. Mel, are you caught up in something? Something that has its grip on you? Maybe I can help you out of it. Whatever it is.
Look, if I come back to work, I'm going to need an assistant that I can trust. I'm not your assistant anymore, remember? I'm a project manager. <laughs> okay, whatever. I mean, not whatever. Your promotion was earned and deserved. But I need to know I can trust every employee who takes that elevator up to Motorpool every day. You don't trust me? Fine. I quit. You can't quit. Are you in any kind of trouble? I'm not doing anything I don't want to be doing. Okay. Why is all this happening? Why am I being followed? And filmed? Why? Mr. Elo, I'm so sorry. We need to ask you to please keep your voice down. Yes, of course. Sorry about that. It's all right. Please, enjoy your meal. Mel, why? Nobody thought you'd take it this seriously. Take what seriously? And who's nobody? All I can say is don't make it bigger than it is. Don't make what bigger? And how can I not do that when so many weird things are happening all around me? Maybe things aren't what they seem to you. Or as bad as they seem to you. That's really all you can say? Yep. But if you're working for Marlin, or whoever is behind all of this, why are you helping me out? With information about the land trust, or someone in red headphones following me, or the RV license plate, all of that. Because I'm rooting for you. Rooting for me? Rooting for me to do what? What does that mean? Uh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Elo, but if you can't keep your voice down, we may need to ask you to leave. <sighs> Dominic, I'm so sorry, again. Joseph, you have good people in your life, all around you. I'm one of them. And I'm supposed to just believe that? About everyone who's at the end of the video we just watched? People who are apparently in on all of this? Mel, who is that older bearded guy who is next to you? with the Sean Connery hat and the other guy next to you in the blue jacket. Well, you saw who else was there with us, right? <sighs> yeah. Well then, maybe you should go ask your sister.
Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705 and is written, directed, and produced by me, Chris Cayella. This chapter features the talents of Megan Morales as Antonia, Jesse Brown as Mel, and Maya Tazi on guitar. Right now, I play the part of Joseph. You can hear more of Maya's music on Spotify by searching M-Y-A-T-O-Z-Z-I. For more information about Dirt, an audio drama, please visit dirtaudiodrama.com. And if you like what you hear, please share the show with friends and on social media. You've reached the end of season three, but don't worry, there will be a season four in the near future to wrap up the story. Until then, and as always, thank you very much for listening. and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sine. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenrir would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're going to be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes. The tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. Choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.